the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. I am your host, Nick DeGilio. I'm a podcaster, a comedy writer, and performer, graduate of the Second City, a Saturday Night Live expert and historian, and each week we will look back at everything SNL, the best, the worst, the good, the bad, the classic, the forgotten. We'll talk about full seasons and full casts, behind-the-scenes stories, episodes, sketches, SNL's historical significance, and much, much more. Sometimes I'll have guests, sometimes I won't, but with every episode, I will always prove that that tired cliche that you hear all the time, that show hasn't been funny in years, is absolutely wrong. Uh, Going to have some fun on uh, this episode, episode number 42 of That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years. You know, live TV um, is an interesting thing. <laughs> And that's an understatement. Uh, but a lot can go wrong when you're doing live TV. Um, and uh, so many variables factor into it. One of the reasons why it's so exciting to watch Saturday Night Live is, in fact, because it's live. That's why it's so much fun to watch any political events or sporting events or awards shows. You never know when an idiot is going to walk up on stage and slap an actor across the face because he's nuts. You never know when shit like that is going to happen. You never know when something is going to go wrong or when something historical is going to happen or something weird is going to happen. And on Saturday Night Live, over the now the 49th season has begun, now over the 48-plus seasons of Saturday Night Live, a lot of incredible and weird things have happened simply because that's the nature of live television. You never know what's going to happen. I know it's an old cliche, but it's absolutely true. So people tune into Saturday Night Live for many, many, many reasons. And I think one of the reasons is because, hey, it's live. I wonder what will happen because over the years, some crazy stuff has happened. And one of the first things that you think of when you're watching something live or when you're hearing something live on the radio or wherever is, you know, the FCC. They have their rules on, you know, on commercial and network television and on the radio airwaves, you know, the regular radio airwaves. Uh, there are rules uh, that the FCC has put in place in terms of what you can say and how you can behave. There are censors. There are things that you can't say. Of course, you know, George Carlin did one of the most uh, legendary comedic uh, bits ever about it, uh, his monologue about the seven dirty words, the seven words that you can't say on television. And uh, you often think, man, you're on live TV. How many people are tempted to drop an F-bomb or to say a bad word or to say something, you know, uh, uh, crazy? You never know what's going to happen. But, uh, you know, the F-bomb is the big one. And on this episode, we're going to talk about some of the times that the F-bomb has been dropped on Saturday Night Live. Um, We're going to talk about uh, 10 actual um, moments when the F-bomb was dropped on SNL. Sometimes I had to dig to find the uncensored clip. Uh, The audio uh, might not be great, but there have been a bunch of times when the F-bomb has been dropped. There have been also times when 
other words have been dropped on there. You know, you hear a few shits or, you know, you know, a, a, a couple of assholes or a few, a, a few of those words that you're not supposed to say. But when someone drops the word fuck on Saturday Night Live, it's a big deal. It makes headlines and it becomes, in some cases, legendary. And there are great stories behind it. And the clips themselves are also pretty fun to, uh, to listen to. So when the F-bomb gets dropped on SNL, it makes the news. It becomes history. And that's what we're talking about. So why don't we go back to the beginning, to the very first time the F-bomb was dropped on Saturday Night Live. And it's interesting because it was said by Paul Schaefer. Yes, Paul Schaefer for many, many, many years, the legendary and iconic band leader for David Letterman um, and a great musician, uh, a very funny guy, uh, a great writer and a great performer. Very funny, you know, comedy chops. He's an actor. He's been in a bunch of stuff, including Spinal Tap and so many other things. Um, and, and Paul Schaefer used to be uh, part of the band in Saturday Night Live, was part of the original band in SNL, goes back years and years with Lauren Michaels. He's Canadian, and they know each other for a very long time. An incredibly talented musician who's ov- obviously in charge of the, uh, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame performance every year, the induction performance. He's just a legend musically, but also a great performer, a very funny guy who would do imitations, and uh, was, in fact... Some people forget this. He was a cast member on SNL. Uh, season five, he was a, uh, a, a, a featured player. But he was in several sketches, and one of his most famous uh, imitations was Don Kirshner, the, old, uh, the guy who used to hold the, uh, host the Don Kirshner rock concert late nights on Friday night. At least it was late nights on Friday night syndicated here in Chicago when I used to watch it. And he used to do the Don Kirshner imitation. Um, you know, and obviously his part in uh, This Is Spinal Tap is fantastic, and he did great comedic bits constantly on David Letterman's show, and he was always very funny. But he did spend uh, some time on, you know, on, uh, on camera doing sketches, playing characters, and doing things on Saturday Night Live. And like I said, in uh, 1980, he was uh, a cast member and the first person to actually ever say fuck on the air. Now, I do not have the clip because it's impossible to find. I searched everywhere to try and find the actual clip of Paul uh, Schaefer saying the F-bomb. Oddly, it took place on episode number 100. So it was a big episode. They were pumping it up. They were advertising it. Oh, my God, it is Saturday Night Live's 100th episode. Make sure you tune in. And people tuned in. And in addition to getting all the entertainment that they were supposed to get, even though it was during a season that Dick Ebersole was, in, you know, uh, the people were switching over and Dick Ebersole was about to come in and take over. Lauren was about to leave. It was the final uh, hurrah for some of the original cast members, and Schaefer was in there too. Uh, but in addition to that, it was episode number 100. It aired March 15th, 1980, season 5, episode 14. Your hosts were Paul Simon and James Taylor. So you had a lot of music on that episode. And your musical guest was David Sanborn. Uh, again, I could not find the clip, the actual clip of Paul Schaefer dropping the F-bomb. But here is Paul on a podcast being interviewed um, with some members of the early days of Saturday Night Live, a couple of on-camera people, a couple of musicians who used to work there. And it was brought up during this interview that he indeed is the first guy to ever drop the F-bomb on SNL. So here's Paul Schaefer talking about that on, uh, during an interview from uh, a few years ago. <laughs> uh- this is, uh, you know, Franken and Davis were, were two write, write, writers, and they came up with this idea to take the, there was an inside show business tape of the rock band, the Trogs, trying to follow up their hit Wild Thing in the studio, but all they could do was profanities. 
and say the F word. They didn't know any musical terms. All they knew was the F word. Franken and Davis took it, and instead of the trogs, they, they transposed it into medieval times. Tom, I think you were, were in that one, too. Uh, I know James Taylor was in it anyway. And we made up our own word. We couldn't use the F word, so we say flogging. Flogging this, the flogging right. that. And it, right. it got big laughs in, in, um, in, in rehearsal. And Franken said, before the air show, he said, you were doing so well. If you want to add a few extra floggings, go ahead. So it was really, you know, thinking about that, I just got a little too loose. And I said the actual F word making history and that's what lorraine newman the first person to speak to me after it went down i was in shock oh my god my career is over so lorraine newman says uh i'm white as a sheet she comes over to me and says well thank you for making broadcasting history and i just <laughs> oh my god and then lauren the producer came up and he said well you just broke down the last barrier he was not upset because it was obvious that it was a, a legitimate mistake and I think the bad English accents we were doing, nobody really noticed anyway. There you go. So uh, he opened the door for everybody else to follow, and we have nine other uh, folks here that followed uh, clips that we're going to play, stories behind why the F-bomb was dropped. Now, let me just speak from personal experience. I hosted a radio show for many, many years, a live radio show here uh, in Chicago on WGN Radio. And I hosted that, uh, that show for, uh, you know, I was at that station for over 35 years. I, I had my own show, uh, live radio show, talk show, call-in show, that kind of thing, for over 20-something years. And for people who know me personally, um, I say fuck, shit, piss, everything. I say the F word probably 75 to 1,000 times a day. Um, and if you listen to my other podcast, which is my entertainment uh, uh, podcast with interviews and reviews and, uh, and, and pop culture uh, stuff, which I co-host with Esmeralda Leon, if you listen to the Nick D podcast here at Radio Misfits uh, Podcast Network, you know that I do indeed drop F-bombs pretty regularly. And people were always saying, Nick, Jesus, you swear all the time, 24-7. How do you do it? How do you do a four- to five-hour nightly radio show without dropping 50 F-bombs like you do 20, you know, three hours of the day, you know? Uh, and I don't know how I did it. I really don't. I just did it. Once that on-air light came on, um, I slipped up just a couple of times and had to hit the dump button on myself, but I was super aware of it. So... It, you know, having been doing that for a long time now, being on live TV, you know, in, you know, knowing that millions and millions of people are watching you and you're on television. I mean, obviously, the pressure is a lot bigger and, you know, you, you get a little bit more nervous and things will fly out of your mouth that you don't necessarily think are going to fly out of your mouth. But when I was doing my radio show, I really didn't have a hard time not saying fuck, even though I say it 7000 times a day in my regular life. So um, people were always saying that the most impressive thing about my radio career was that I never got fired for saying fuck multiple times during my show. <laughs> so sometimes you got to curb yourself, but I found it to be kind of easy. And, and I know a lot of people who work on live television who work on live radio, there's just something that happens. It, 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 it's, it, you know, if you, do, if you are prone to profanity, sometimes you're able to shut that switch off and do what you need to do in order not to swear. Now, I can swear on this podcast and on the other podcasts that I do, so I take advantage of that. I absolutely have let loose. When I started doing the Nick D podcast almost two years ago, uh, the freedom for me to be in front of a microphone with headphones on and not feel like I'm stifled, and I can say fucking shit. I sometimes say it too much, and I don't care. 
But anyway, it's sometimes very difficult uh, for some people to do that. Now, since Paul Schaefer opened the door, lots of people followed and the F-bombs were dropped. Now, here's an interesting one. February 21st, 1981, which would be season six, episode 11, Charlene Tilton from Dallas was your host. The great Todd Rundgren was a musical guest. This has a distinction here. Episode six, um, I'm sorry, season six, episode 11. This is during the weird Dick Ebersol years. Um, this has the distinction of having two F-bombs dropped on one show by two different people. So, I mean, it's, you know, obviously, notor- it's, it's very, you know, it's, 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 very, it's worth noting when any one person says the F-bomb once on, on, on Saturday Night Live, but when it's said twice by two different people, it's a big deal. It was said during the musical performance, um, uh, uh, during one of the musical performances uh, that night, uh, you know, like a week later, actually, and it was uh, Prince actually said uh, the F-bomb during one of his performances. But the night I want to talk about, there's the, the one I want to talk about is Charles Rocket. Charles Rocket, um, uh, Ted Ro- Todd Rundgren and Prince were the musical guests that night, and Prince uh, did Party Up, and he said fuck right during the, the middle of the song, and it didn't matter because Prince rules. But Charles Rocket, who was a regular on that show, had a very interesting and sort of tragic, uh, an interesting career and a tragic life. Um, Charles Rocket was, uh, a, you know, he, 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 he came from the world of improv. He came from the world of stand-up. He came from the world of comedy. And he was really liked and was going to be the breakout star when they brought in all the new cast members. After all the old uh, cast members left, the original cast members, they re-upped and changed everybody. And they brought in a whole bunch of new uh, 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 cast members. The only person that really took off was Eddie Murphy. He was the only one that became a superstar out of that. Now, there are other people of note in there, but Charles Rocket was the guy that they were pushing. Charles Rocket was the guy that they were, he's going to be the new Chevy Chase. This guy's going to be a superstar. He's going to be a movie star. Everybody's going to know who Charles Rocket is. And he played a lot of characters on, on, on SNL. And he was also the anchor on Saturday Night News, is what, what it was called then, Weekend Update. Um, and he just underperformed. Nobody really liked him that much. He did go on to do a lot of TV. He did a lot of movies. Um, he was in, uh, a lot of people remember him as the villain in Dumb and Dumber. Um, he was in Fraternity Vacation. He was in Down Twisted. He had done a ton of movies and a bunch of television, most notably, uh, you know, Dumb and Dumber is probably the biggest thing he ever did. But he did spend a few seasons on SNL. And he was supposed to be the breakout star, and it didn't happen. And one night he said the F-bomb on TV, got fired mid-season. Um, his personal life was really rough. Um, you know, he had some substance abuse issues. His career was up and down. Uh, he was always, always uh, uh, tagged as the guy who said F, an F-bomb on, uh, on the show. And was he screwed up? Was he taking drugs at the time when he said it? Um, he, he, he got married, um, and then, uh, in, in a horrible, horrible, uh, uh, incident on October 7, 2005, he was only 56 years old and he was found in a field on his Connecticut property with his throat slit and they did investigations and they, uh, concluded that it was indeed a suicide. So it was a sad, sad end, uh, to an interesting life to a guy who had some talent and was, uh, and was funny, just didn't kill on SNL like they thought he would. Well, one night, uh, Charlene Tilton was the host, and um, uh, they did a, a J.R. Ewing Dallas sketch. This is, how far, this is how far back it goes. It goes back, in fact, to um, February 21st, 1981, and um, the big question was, who shot J.R.? So they did a sketch where he played J.R., and he got shot, and at the very end, uh, during goodbyes on the stage, when the, and when the host is out there, and the musical guest is out there, and the cast is out there, and they're singing their goodnights, 
this happened where uh, Charlene Tilton asked Charles Rocket how he was doing, and he decided to drop an F-bomb. Charlie, how are you feeling after you've been shot? Oh, man, it's the first time I've ever been shot in my life. I'd like to know who the fuck did it. <laughs> And there it is. Uh, I'd like to know who the fuck did it. Um, and if you look at everybody on stage, every single person on stage, their jaws drop, their eyes open wide. They're like, oh, my God, Charles Rocket just said fuck on the air. Um, and he was fired uh, not long after that. So Charles Rocket was the second person to drop the F-bomb after Paul Schaefer. And then it continued. Prince, in the same night, uh, dropped an F-bomb. Uh, and then in 1989, everybody says that John Lovitz dropped an F-bomb. And this is an interesting story because I couldn't find it. He didn't do it. And it's been like this sort of a rumor that doesn't really uh, exist. Um, John Lovitz was a cast member from 85 to 1990. Um, Tony Danza introduced a sketch where they had to repeat the word Fonkin, F-O-N-K-I-N, continuously. And uh, as it was unlucky for Lovitz, his tongue slipped. And so the legend is that he said fucking on the air. But he really didn't. And he denied it. Uh, and the censor at that time was Bill Clotworthy, by the way, a, a fascinating, wonderful gentleman who wrote a great book about uh, uh, working as the censor on SNL. And I interviewed him before he passed away years, years ago. I interviewed him. And he's a fantastic and fascinating guy. Uh, look him up. Bill Clotworthy. We'll do an, an episode about him. Um, and so the, the idea was that uh, uh, he said that we had to say Fonkin and no slips were allowed. And so Lovett said that he did not slip. But, uh, but it con- this, this is a consistent rumor that he did say fuck, but he didn't. But Lovett did say that in one episode he did say shit. So, so John Lovett's rumored to have said the F-bomb, but he didn't. Now let's move on to another musical guest, Steven Tyler. Uh, from Aerosmith, on February 17th, 1990. This would be season 15, episode 13. Tom Hanks was your host. Aerosmith was your guest. Very popular show. That was the one where uh, Tom Hanks played the... This is uh, during Wayne's World, the height of the popularity of Wayne's World with uh, Mike Myers and, um, and Dana Carvey as Wayne and Garth. And obviously, Aerosmith was one of, the, one of the bands that they praised constantly. So when Aerosmith was there, that was the episode of Wayne's World where they were up in the breakfast nook, in Wayne's breakfast nook, and Tom Hanks, who was the host, was playing their sound guy, and he was doing all the, the mic testing, Sybaris, Sybaris, Sybaris. He was doing that whole thing, um, and he was running around with a bunch of keys hanging out. He was doing all the great roadie cliche things, and it was hilarious. And so uh, Aerosmith did indeed appear on Wayne's World on that episode, uh, but they also did a, uh, a musical performance that night. And so uh, Tyler was, uh, was a rock star at heart, even though he curbed his, uh, his tendencies to swear and be raunchy. Uh, during the performance of Monkey on My Back, uh, Steven Tyler uh, sang the uncensored version, and he dropped the F-bomb. Uh, and I, again, I could not find a clean clip of this. They're all beeped or blotted out, but I did find a pretty fun uh, little bit uh, that More Mojo did. You can find uh, the Mojo folks online dropping videos and doing top 10 lists and things like that. Um, and More Mojo uh, had a video where they kind of explained the clip and what happened. But Steven Tyler on February 17, 1990, right in the middle of a performance of, uh, of the song uh, Monkey on My Back, dropped the F-bomb, and here's a little story about how it happened. Once again, 
Aerosmith. Aerosmith was on SNL back in 1990 and made it a memorable episode by dropping in on Mike Myers and Dana Carvey in a Wayne's World sketch for a bit of fun. Welcome to Wayne's World, almighty oh ones. Not everyone was laughing later on when the band took to the stage as the episode's musical guest, however, as they performed Monkey on My Back from the album Pump. Frontman Steven Tyler couldn't be bothered to censor himself on this night and chose to blurt out one of the song's lines, quote, feeding that monkey off my back without restraint. There it is. So Steven Tyler dropping the F-bomb uh, during the musical performance. Uh, <laughs> and it seems to happen every once in a while, you know, more often during the musical performances, we got, a, a, you know, a one more musical performance that involved the F-bomb being dropped. And obviously uh, we will do, I will do an entire episode dedicated to very, incredibly uh, 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 risky and crazy live musical performances. And that's another thing. You never know what people are going to do when they're doing their musical performances, hence people like Sinead O'Connor in Fear. Well, the next one is Morris Day. This was in 1990. Morris Day popped in uh, to uh, to do uh, some, some music, Morris Day in the Time. So Morris Day in the Time, they show up in 1990. Um, and this was, uh, you know, at the height of their popularity. And uh, they were going to hit, do their smash hit song, Chocolate. And uh, they do, you know, if you know Morris Day in the time with Jerome and all the other, you know, uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and all the other uh, great members of the time, one of the greatest R&B and funk bands of all time, without question. Uh, one of the most entertaining bands to watch. And obviously Prince was responsible for 99% of the material that they did. Well, Morris Day in the time were on SNL in 1990. And Morris Day, uh, before they actually sang their song, was going to do a little bit with Jerome that involved food. Well, uh, Morris Day uh, decided that um, he was going to uh, drop the F-bomb when it came to this thing that was on his plate uh, before they started the song. So here's the beginning of uh, Morris Day in the Times performance in 1990 on SNL. Where the fuck this chicken come from? I thought I ordered ribs. <laughs> so in case you didn't hear it, it's pretty quick. It's pretty quick. He says, where the fuck did this chicken come from? I ordered ribs. Listen very closely. I'll play it one more time. Here it is. There it is. Where the fuck this chicken come from? I thought I ordered ribs. <laughs> and you could see the, the other guys in the band were like, did he just say fuck? When they were just, because he, he, they have to watch him for the cue to start the song. And they started the song, but like everybody, including Jerome, did kind of a double. He was walking across the stage. And he kind of stopped in his step and went, wait a minute, did he just say fuck? Okay, so there's Morris Day saying fuck in 1990. Another musical guest, the Beastie Boys did it next. December 10th, 1994. Season 20, episode 8, Alec Baldwin was your host. The Beastie Boys were indeed the musical guest. Sometimes it can't be helped when, when you're as uh, energetic and feverish as the Beastie Boys were in 1990. Sometimes they, things just happen. When they uh, were on uh, to perform Sure Shot, which was a brand new song at that time back in 1994, they accidentally slipped in an F word, and uh, they, got, uh, they got told off for it. Um, um, uh, Lauren Michaels told them uh, never to do that again. They didn't get kicked off. Uh, this, you know, they would actually come back and, and, and be a part of the show again, uh, which is really unusual because if you really screw up and you do something that Lauren doesn't like, especially saying the F word without permission or doing something without permission, you're usually banned and not asked back. But the Beastie Boys are the Beastie Boys and they rule. But here's a little clip. You're going to have to listen closely. It's kind of hard to listen to, but this is in the middle of the great song Sure Shot. And it's Ad Rock, by the way, who does the uh, F bomb dropping here. So here's the Beastie Boys in 1994 dropping an F bomb. <laughs> 
There it is. And, um, that's right. So, uh, so there it is. And I guess when you're Beastie Boys, you can drop it. It was quick too. You can barely. It was. It was, it was a little. It was a quick little fucking just in there. <laughs> it got in. It got under the radar. Lauren, of course, caught it. Everybody did. The censors did not. And uh, so there you go. So Beastie Boys in 1994 dropping some f bombs. All right. Now here's a cast member who should have known better by this point. Uh, one of my favorite cast members in the history of SNL, and as far as I'm concerned, and if you go back and listen to the episode where I count down the best anchors in the history of Weekend Update, my number one choice for the best anchor in the history of Weekend Update is Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald was one of the funniest people that ever lived, one of the coolest, one of the greatest, one of the nicest, um, and one of my favorite cast members ever. Well, on April 12, 1997, this would be season 22, episode 17, he dropped the F-bomb while uh, anchoring Weekend Update. Rob Lowe was the host. The Spice Girls. Yeah, remember them? The Spice Girls were the musical guests. Um, and um, it's interesting when someone who's a regular cast member for that long drops an F-bomb, especially in the way that Norm did it. And only in the incredible Norm MacDonald style. Um, so, uh, you know, Lorne Michaels holds the regulars to a really high standard. So when they do something like this, it's not cool. And Lorne Michaels uh, was already, you know, not on great terms with Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald was on thin ice as it was, and he eventually would get fired. He would have Weekend Update taken away from him. Um, and the main reason, obviously, is because he continued to do OJ jokes after he was told not to because a lot of the NBC execs were buddy-buddy with OJ Simpson. So, uh, but he didn't care. He was Norm MacDonald. He was one of the greatest and most fearless and most insane and wonderful performers of all time. So here's Norm dropping the F-bomb uh, during Weekend Update <laughs> on April 12, 1997. Last weekend in Washington, a new museum dedicated to broadcast jerk. Bah! fuck was that? <laughs> Last weekend in Washington, a new museum. <laughs> uh, my farewell performance. Last weekend. Okay. So in case you missed it again, it's really fast. He says, fuck was that? After he, he, uh, he you know, he uh, jumbles a line. But listen, one more time. I'll play it one more time. Listen very, very closely. Last weekend in Washington, a new museum dedicated to broadcast jerk. Bah! <laughs> Fuck was that? There it is. Fuck was that? So uh, he got a stern talking to from Lauren, as Norm MacDonald would get stern talking to's from Lauren pretty regularly until they fired him. So Norm MacDonald said the F-bomb live on TV, April 12, 1997. Uh, now the next one, it took a long time in between. It took a long time. Um... <laughs> In between uh, F-bombs here, because it wasn't until 2009 that the next F-bomb was slipped on TV, and it was said by a cast member, and this one's notorious, one of the most talented women on the planet is Jenny Slate, who only spent one season on SNL, and one of the reasons why is because on her first show, she dropped the F-bomb. Uh, she was underutilized uh, during that season. She was only a featured player. She did great work on SNL and, of course, would go on to prove what an unbelievable comedic talent and wonderful actress that she is and stuff like Obvious Child, regular on Parks and Rec, so many other things, and, of course, Marcel the Shell. Uh, Jenny Slate is, you know, uh, she's a national treasure, but did not have the easiest time during her one season on SNL, and it wasn't easy because on the very first night she dropped an F-bomb. 
September 26, 2009, she is the first cast member in the history of SNL to drop an F-bomb during her first show ever, her first sketch ever, the first time she was ever in front of the camera on Saturday Night Live, and she said, fuck. Megan Fox was the host. Remember when she was a thing? Uh, oh, but wait, she still is a thing because she's in that new stupid Expendables movie I keep forgetting about. It. And you too was a musical guest, which means not only was it the season premiere, you too was a musical guest, which means millions and millions and millions and millions and millions more people than usual were watching it. Season 35, episode one, Jenny Slate, her very, very first sketch on SNL. And here's what happens. You freaking just threw an ashtray full of butts at my head. You know what? You stood up for yourself. And I fucking love you for that. You're in my heart, babe. Okay, that, and she's on stage with Kristen Wiig. And as soon as she says it, as soon as she says, I fucking love you for that, her eyes widen. She has the oh my God look on her face, the ooh look. Uh, Kristen Wiig continues, and, uh, and afterwards, you know, she got a stern talking to and was not asked to come back after that season. So she does hold the distinction, however, Jenny Slate, the wonderful, the incredibly talented Jenny Slate, does hold the distinction of, being the first cast member to ever say the F-bomb in her first sketch, first time on SNL. <laughs> Not a great thing to have on your record, but hey, you know, it's a piece of trivia that's going to live forever in the annals of Saturday Night Live. So the great Jenny Slate dropping an F-bomb in 2009. All right, now the next one is 2012. And it was dropped by someone who wasn't even a, uh, wasn't the host, was not a cast member, was one of the guests on the show during a What's Up With That. Now, What's Up With That, which I will be doing an entire episode dedicated to the genius of every single time they did What's Up With That. Keenan Thompson, uh, in one of the, if you look at the, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you just look at these sketches, they're some of the dumbest sketches of all time. It's one joke thing. Um, and it is, uh, you know, Keenan Thompson plays the host of this show. What's up with that? It's supposed to be a show where you interview guests and you talk about politics and everything, but they can't stop singing the theme song. And, you know, you know, the whole thing. He never really gets to interview a guest because every time they start to talk, the hi hat hits, the song starts up and they just start singing. What's up with that over and over again. And they bring out more incredible weird guests and people come out dancing and weird characters and actors and people doing impressions and, it's insane, it's ridiculous, and it's basically like the host of the show can't interview anybody because he's too busy distracted by singing the song. So that's what's up with that. We all know the sketch. And they have different celebrities uh, who, who will show up on every episode. And the last celebrity, the third celebrity, is always Bill Hader as Lindsey Buckingham from Fleetwood Mac. And that's the running joke, is that they never get to Lindsey Buckingham. He gets bumped every show. Well, Samuel L. Jackson was on it one night. Uh, it was December 15th. 2012, it was season 38, episode 10. Martin Short was your host. Paul McCartney was your musical guest. Again, around Christmas, a lot of people watch SNL. Paul McCartney, Martin Short, obviously the ratings are going to be through the roof. Martin Short um, played Jackie Rogers Jr., by the way, in this version of What's Up With That. Uh, and one of the special guests was Samuel L. Jackson. And instead of, um, you know, taking the being bumped um, by, by, by uh, Keenan as, you know, as a point of pride, uh, he decided he was going to drop an F-bomb. And uh, Keenan Thompson's reaction is amazing. Now, again, the audio quality here is not great because NBC and Peacock and all that, you can't find the clip. So this is recorded from someone who recorded it off of their TV when it aired live or when they DVR'd it, when it actually happened. But Samuel L. Jackson 
dropping an F-bomb for real, and then also saying bullshit. So he says the F-word, and then Keenan Thompson's like, oh, hey, take it easy. Who, you know, this was not how they did it in rehearsal, not how they did it in dress. Samuel L. Jackson decided on live television that this was the time he was going to drop the F-bomb. And then not only that, after he drops the F-bomb and Keenan admonishes him a little bit in character, he says bullshit too. So listen closely. Again, the audio is a little wacky here because, of, uh, because it's difficult to find. But here is Samuel L. Jackson dropping the F-bomb on December 15, 2012 during a sketch of What's Up With That. We out of time. <laughs> I want to thank my guest, the incredible Samuel L. Jackson. Man, fuck. Hey. Also, come on, Sam. It's a bullshit. <laughs> come on now. That costs money. So that costs money. So... And you should see the look on Kenan Thompson's face is pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, so there it is. You can't, you know, so you can't trust Samuel L. Jackson at some point to not say fuck or motherfucker at any time, no matter where he is. So that was the mistake of, of thinking you could have Samuel L. Jackson on a live TV show and have him not drop an F-bomb. But he did. Uh, it's very difficult to find uh, an uncensored version of it, and the sound is not so great. So there's Samuel L. Jackson dropping one. Now, the next one is probably one of my favorites of all time. Kristen Stewart. Uh, who's one of my favorite actresses in the world. I love her. I just think she's incredibly talented and awesome. I think she's a great personality and weird, and uh, I love her. And she has hosted SNL twice and is fantastic. Both times, fantastic. Um, Really, uh, surprisingly, uh, you know, uh, just, you know, like uh, really talented in, in terms of comedy, and she's really surprisingly versatile in terms of what she can do in comedy settings and playing different characters and doing different voices and doing stuff and imitations and stuff. She did great imitations. Well, the first time she hosted, the very first time she hosted, and she's been asked back, so she was not, you know, put on the banned list for life. Uh, But this first time she hosted was February 4th, 2017. It was season 42, episode 13. She was the host. Alessa Cara was the the guest, uh, was the musical guest. And she dropped an F-bomb right at the top. Um, So (laughs) it was a big night for her. She was addressing at the top in her monologue, she was addressing the obsession that the then president Donald Trump had for her and how he tweeted all about her and about how she was, you know, (laughs) she was, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, treating uh, 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 Robert Pattinson wrong. And, you know, you know, you know, these idiotic and insane tweets that Donald Trump would have. Um, for some reason, he became fixated on the relationship between the Twilight stars and made her the enemy and went off on her and thought it was really funny. And he she came out on that uh, on that episode as well. Um, it was a great monologue, really fun. And uh, Kate McKinnon and A.D. Bryant come out on stage to to show her the support because the president has been tweeting about her and she comes out on live television as gay. And it's a really great and really funny monologue. And she's so excited to be there. She's young and excited. And she's Kristen Stewart. And she, by the way, off camera when she's not, uh, you know, on television. Also, like a lot of us, has a filthy mouth. She drops F-bombs and S-bombs and all that. Really, really cool. Um, and anyway, so, so uh, she, she's so excited she kind of can't help herself. And this is during her monologue. So right at the top of the show, when a lot of people are watching, this happened. Okay, so we've got a great show, and I totally care that I'm here because it's the coolest fucking thing ever. Oh. Oh my God. And I'm sorry, and Alessia Carr is also here, and I'll never come back. And you can like. So stick around. Okay, (laughs) 
And just looking at her face and, and looking at AD Bryant and Kate McKinnon uh, when she says it's really fucking cool um, is priceless. It's great. Now, that one you can find. For some reason, that one you can find. I mean, obviously, you're not going to find it on Peacock or NBC or any of the, you know, the censored Saturday Night Live uh, places where you can look at the shows or the clips of the episodes and things like that. Uh, but it's delightful. And she is a delight. And by the way, and she would go on to kill during that show. Like, every sketch she rocked. She was hilarious and great. And then she came back in 2019 and again killed it. And I can't wait till she comes back and hosts again. And it's rare that you can drop the F-bomb in your monologue the first time hosting the show and have Lauren go, oh, that's okay, come back. That's how cool Kristen Stewart is. All right, so the last one that I'm going to play here is when Sam Rockwell hosted. Now, Sam Rockwell, uh, this is the most recent uh, use of the F-bomb. Sam Rockwell uh, hosted, and he had been nominated for Academy Award, uh, you know, a little bit earlier for, uh, he won an Academy Award for three billboards, and obviously became a very popular actor, you know, who used to be like a, sort of this quirky indie actor dude who had crossed over and became, you know, commercially successful, and everybody knows who he is. A terrific actor who's also very, 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 very funny in movies, and has a great sense of humor, and can dance, and he's awesome. So he hosts Saturday Night Live and did a really great job. But in the first sketch that he did, this was like he played Mr. Science in these science TV show where Mikey Day and, and the great Cecily Strong play these two teenage characters who don't understand science, who are kind of really awkward and weird as teenagers are. And they talk about sex and they do weird things and they touch each other's bodies. And whenever they try to do these science shows, when they have um, you know a guest host come in, uh, they'll have uh, Day and Strong play these two characters. Well, Sam Rockwell was playing Mr. Science, and he was trying to uh, deal with these two dumb teenagers. And uh, his frustration, and maybe because he is a method actor, and maybe because he was in the moment, and maybe he was because he was playing this science teacher who was getting very, very frustrated with these two idiot teenagers, these two stupid, uh, as dumb as you can get little teenage kids, Maybe because Sam Rockwell is so dedicated to his craft, he just could not curb himself from being so angry at these two stupid kids that he dropped an F-bomb. So this is January 13th, 2018, season 43, episode 10. The last time the F-bomb was dropped on SNL, and it was Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell was your host, and the great Halsey was the musical guest. Again, a terrific episode. Uh, all the way through. I remember correctly, a lot of the sketches were gold. Sam Rockwell did a great job. Halsey, a fantastic and magnificent musical guest. A great episode if you want to go back and watch it. January 13th, 2018, season 43, episode 10. But Sam Rockwell, in his very first sketch of the night as Mr. Science, uh, dropped the F-bomb. And again, this one I had to uh, search for, and the audio's not that great because it's all been cleaned up. But here's Sam Rockwell in 2018 dropping the last F-bomb that has been dropped on SNL. That isn't a true or false, Josh. You can't be this fucking stupid. I'm sorry. No, kids aren't stupid. I just say what you see, okay? Say what you see. All right. So there it is. There, that, that, that's it. Uh, so that, that's Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Dropping a very clear, like it wasn't you know, like, you know, like some of these we have a little hard time of hearing. I have to play a couple of times. And I've, in fact, I will play this one again. But this was very blatantly... Not in the script, not on the teleprompter, not on the cue cards. He just said it in the moment. Here, one more time, because I love this. I mean, it's... And by the way, the look on Mikey Day and, and, um, and Cecily Strong's faces uh, is pretty special because they are playing scared and confused and dumb kids. So their reaction to him swearing 
just adds to it. And obviously the crowd goes nuts. But here it is, Sam Rockwell. The last time the F-bomb was dropped. Let's hear it one more time. This isn't a true or false, Josh. You can't be this fucking stupid. I'm sorry. So so there it is. (laughs) So there you go. Uh, Those are some of the times when the F-bomb has been dropped. And I I went straight for the F-bomb because... There have been S words and other words and, you know, and other things that have gone, um, you know, against the censors. And uh, and again, Bill Clotworthy, who uh, uh, passed away, but was was the censor for many, many, many years standing in the studio near the stage, taking notes and telling everybody what they could say and couldn't say. He had a hell of a job. And again, he Bill Clotworthy wrote a fantastic book about uh, being the censor. Uh, on Saturday Night Live for many years, and it's a terrific book. Clotworthy is his name. You should check it out. But, uh, you know, uh, so for years, people have dropped, you know, not really dropped the F-bomb, but other things have gotten in, um, you know, and and have been controversial in terms of content and in terms of other uh, words that you're not supposed to say on TV. But those are the big incidents uh, where they said it. And Paul Schaefer has the distinction of being the very first person to say the F-word on Saturday Night Live. And I know that's kind of hard to believe that it's weird that you would think, man, it was maybe Belushi or maybe it was, you know, Bill Murray or, oh, who knows. But no, it's Paul Schaefer. <laughs> that's right. David Letterman's buddy, Paul Schaefer, first guy to ever say the F-bomb on SNL. And uh, we've carried on that tradition with Charles Rocket and Prince and Steven Tyler, the Beastie Boys and Norm MacDonald, Jenny Slate, Kristen Stewart, Samuel Jackson, Sam Rockwell, and I'm sure many more to come. Season 49 has, uh, has kicked off here. And maybe someone will drop the F-bomb this season. Who knows? You never know. It's live TV. And that's part of the reason why it's so much fun. So uh, that's, <laughs> that's that. Uh, I want to thank you for listening. Again, you can check out all of these episodes and all of the SNL. you got to check out Peacock. Peacock, um, uh, the streaming service, which is a great streaming service that has all the seasons uh, and episodes available on SNL. Some of them are in edited formats. Uh, and, and, um, and so on and so forth. But if you want to check out SNL, you go to Peacock. The NBC has a whole uh, thing. They're, they're on Facebook. They're on uh, social medias. Follow Saturday Night Live all over the place and check out this podcast. Continue to check it out because every episode I'll have guests or do something different, and I will definitely do more about Saturday Night Live because it's the best. Um, and if you want to leave a voicemail with your thoughts, your comments, something you would like to hear talked about on this SNL podcast, 773-417-6948. You can email me at nickd at gmail.com. That'll get to this podcast and to my other podcast, the Nick D podcast. Uh, that's the Nick D podcast. So nickdpodcast at gmail.com, phone number 773-417-6948. And check all the other podcasts out at Radio Misfits Podcast Network, radiomisfits.com. There's a 24-hour streaming service that you can listen to. That's radiomisfits.live. Please take the time to rate and review us and share us and tell your friends and all that cool stuff. I want to thank Ed at Radio Misfits and, of course, the great Jason Skaggs, who did the opening theme that is so awesome, and this, the great closing theme. My thanks to Jason. My thanks to you. Thank you for checking out. That show hasn't been funny in years, an SNL podcast. And we'll do it again next week, right here on the Radio Misfits podcast. Thank you. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow.